You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Team one, yeah, I like y'all to be with me now. Yeah, matter of fact, let's do our Bible checks. We ain't did it then. Let's do them Bible checks. How many got your Bible in the house with you? Let me raise them up. I'm looking all over. Hey, man, God bless you, my brother. Good to see y'all again. Notice Luke 18 and 1. Again, I said this is a familiar story. Then he spoke, the he being Jesus, a parable to them. Now, parable parable is, is really a simple earthly story that reveals a heavenly that has a heavenly meaning so a parable is a simple earthly story that reveals or has a heavenly meaning in other words it's a simple story that will also reveal truth it will reveal moral and spiritual truth coming through again don't miss it a simple Story, And so then he, or Jesus, spoke a parable to them. This is a parable that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And so the story that Jesus begins to tell is the story of a woman. And it is going to again reveal spiritual truth of the power of prayer of the power of persistence and so this woman is coming before a judge and the judge is denying the woman of her request but the woman is persistent in continuing to come before this unjust judge until he grants her her request And so Jesus uses this story, again, to illustrate the power, even the significance of prayer. But when we look at the woman in Luke 18 and 1 and following, the Bible never gives her name. It just simply says in verse 3, Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, notice verse 5, Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And see, the woman again had what I deem tenacity. She had grit. Are y'all listening to me this morning? And in the end, notice that the judge granted her request because this is the type woman who was not going to back down. Come on. This was a woman who was not going to fold. He told her, no, we don't know how many times, but she wouldn't fold. I need y'all listening to me because when I think about this woman, I don't think about an ordinary woman. But again, I'm looking and I'm picturing, and I hope y'all are with me, a woman, again, who has some grit or some spunk about her. 
You see, you see. And, and I think when she kept coming before him, in my mind, I picture a woman with an attitude. Letting the judge know every time she came, I ain't going nowhere. Until you do what you have the power to do. Come on, y'all. Now, I don't think you could do that, like that, consistently, Minister Wright, without some type of attitude. You know, I, I don't think this is a pushover. I don't think this is a woman who, who he just said, look, I ain't doing for you what you want me to do, so you might well go on somewhere. Look, I know that's what you say. Y'all know y'all sisters can get attitude. Now, especially if this was a sister. I ain't trying to be funny, but this was a sister. Brothers that's married, you know when you, women can give some attitude sometimes behind what they say. Am I right? And so this is again what I'm pictured. I want y'all to know where I'm coming from. This is what I'm pictured. This woman having a whole lot of grit. And so the subject has to be based with an attitude. And, and so educators, it, it's, it's not spelled right. Technically, it's not good English. But again, it's coming from how I feel she was. Imagine if he had an office every morning he got there, she's sitting right there. Imagine she's sitting at the doorstep. He probably knew her by name. Send somebody to tell her that I'm still not going to do it. Well, I'll be back tomorrow because I'm, I'm not going to fold. But I don't think, again, I'm coming in, that she was the type woman who would say, I'm not going to fold. I think she was the type woman who would say, I ain't going to fold. You see, so you better look at somebody and tell them the subject this morning. I ain't going to fold. Well, look, look, look at somebody and tell them the subject this morning. Tell them it's personal with me. Tell them I ain't going to fold. Woo, let's give him a hand of praise on this morning. I ain't going to fold. And it's going to take us having some grit, some tenacity. What I talked about last Sunday, some boldness. Some of us, we've got to get some boldness. Am I right about it? You know I'm right. Now, I talked to you about to fold, meaning, number one, to quit. When a person folds, again, he or she quits. It is a portrait of somebody, again, who's throwing in the towel. It is a picture of somebody who is saying mentally that I have had enough. I'm folding. And uh, Lord have mercy. It just came to me. I remember back in the day. And y'all, I want—I don't want born say, but when I used to gamble and play cards, and you knew when you had the winning hand, you know you stayed in to the end. You didn't care what, you know, you wasn't bluffing. You knew you knew what you had, and, and you held it close to you. And some of y'all ain't never played cards, but but you held that hand close to you. One, come on, y'all didn't play Uno or something. Now you know you had, you got three draw folds. Come on, you did. Y'all didn't play spades. You got the joker, you got the diamond, the aces. Y'all y'all make me go there sometimes. Always y'all like, Pastor, what, a, what, what is this you're saying? Come on. But again, when you had a good hand, you held it closed or you simply just put it down? 
and kept betting and didn't even look back at your card. And you scared your opponent because they say, he ain't going to look. It's like, I know what I got. But when that hand wasn't good and they called you out, you said, man, I'm folded. Because I didn't have that. And see, that comes out of that mindset when you fold. You feel like the opposition is greater. And so you quit. Number two, I talked to you about it meaning to give up, to give in, or to give out. And sometimes people give up, they give in, and they give out because they don't think they can last. They don't think they can last. They don't think or feel like they can endure until the promise manifests. But that's a mistake. It's a mistake to give in. It's a mistake to give out. It's a mistake to give up. Why? Because the one who promised will surely do what he said he would do. Finally, we are adding something to the word fold, which is a theological meaning. Theological theo just has to do with God or it's biblical. And you wouldn't think it means to fold, and so I'm going to show it to you. But to fold is also to look back. Whenever you begin to look back, it says about you, you're folding. Because your mind is in a wandering state or state, instead of you being single-minded, you become double-minded in reference to the promises of God. Listen, and whenever a child of God goes from being single-minded to being double-minded, you're going to start looking back. And, and when you start looking back, it says about you that you're folding because you're allowing your mind to wander into places that your mind doesn't need to wander in. And some of us can be honest and admit that we have been going through things and, and our mind started to drift. It started to wander and, and, and we started looking back. But notice what Jesus says about looking back. Because I start to, to give the definition to turn back. But notice what how powerful what Jesus said was when we look at Luke, the ninth chapter. Just turn back. Because again, I, I was going to say to fold meant to turn back. But, but I want you to see what Jesus said because it, it, it is powerful how he worded this. Notice Luke 9 and notice verse 62. We're talking about to fold. And I'm saying when we start to, to look back, you are in essence folding. You're folding. And, and you have people who will be in church and, 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 and their thing is they're starting to look back to what life was like without God. And, and, and some people, they'll let their minds wander back so far until they're pulled back into things that they have no business being in. You better listen to me because you, what you got to realize is that when you start looking back, physically your body is not where your mind is. You're only looking back. But if you don't get your mind right, when you start looking back, eventually your body is going to be where your mind is at. And that's how people find themselves in inappropriate relationship. You kept looking back. That's how people go back to drugs, back to drinking, 
Come on, y'all know I'm right. Before they ever took a drop, they were looking back. That's the reason it's dangerous to look back. Because when you start looking back, if you don't correct that, you're going to turn back. I should have got some showy right. Showy right. That's when sometimes folk will leave the church and it'll shock people. But it didn't shock God. And it didn't shock mature folk because they had been looking. Finally, they just put their body where their mind had been for a long time. This is how people get up and just end marriages. Come on. Cook breakfast. Sit down and eat breakfast. Later on that evening, just tell the spouse, I'm done. I'm done. And start packing up and nothing that person can do. Can we meet with pastors? Can, can we do that? I ain't doing that. I'm done. I'm finished. See, in some cases, that person had been looking, looking back. They had already started imagining life without that person. And how they can make it. Yeah. Married folk, they, they, come on, many of us have been there. Celebrate your anniversary like you ain't ever looked back. Y'all know how we do it. We, we celebrate like we ain't ever broke up. That's how long y'all been together. We've been together 30 something years. But see, all them little two days apart, uh, uh, two weeks, some of us got these gaps <laughs> where we worked it out. You see what I'm saying? But we don't talk like that. We talk in totality. Am I right? <laughs> but notice what Jesus said in, in Luke 9 and see it's dangerous to look back it's dangerous to look back Luke 9 and 62 but Jesus said to him this is what Jesus told a man no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back Oh, this is powerful here. Only Jesus could say something like this. He said is, he is not fit for the kingdom of God. Let me read it without stopping. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus, with Jesus, you didn't have to turn back. If you started looking back, he wanted you to know you ain't fit for the kingdom. Why is that? Because there's no way to stay focused and to plow straight and you looking back. See, it suggests that you're going to get off course. Come on. And see, we don't want that to happen. But sometimes it happens because we have the wrong focus. People start Quitting, folding, looking back, giving up, giving in, and giving out. Listen to me. Because they have the wrong focus. Pastor, what does that mean? That simply means that their mind, or from a mental standpoint, something or somebody has disturbed their mind. There's been a disturbance in the mind. Come on, somebody. And now their focus is not what it needs to be. Watch this. And it's not where it needs to be. And that's real. Am I right? 
Notice Psalm 73. That's real. That's real. Well, Pastor, I ain't going to ever go back. Well, you better keep the right focus. You better keep your mind stayed on God. Come on. Because if you don't, what you see will cause you to fold. It will cause you to fold. Notice Psalm 73. And now I'm going to tell y'all something about me. And many of you know it, but I just got to remind you. I ain't going back for nobody. I said I ain't going back for nobody. And li- I don't want any of y'all to go back. You hear me? I don't want nobody in here to turn back or to even look back. But if you do look back, if you do turn back, your turning back will not cause me to turn back. Do y'all hear me? I'm saying this with a straight face. My prayer is always that Donna continues to walk with God. To trust him, to depend on him, to rely upon him. But if she decides to turn back, she already knows I ain't going with you. I ain't going with you. Do you know that? She knows that. Yeah, I'm not going with her. She knows that. I'm being dead. She knows I'm not going. I know what God brought me out of. I know what God. And see, sometimes, why am I saying this? Because in the church, sometimes you can get too close to people. To where if they turn back, you think, well, now i got to go. No, you don't. No, you don't. Their decision doesn't have to be your decision. Even in your house, you have to have the ability to keep going when others quit. When others stop, you have to keep pressing. Oh, teach it right, Pastor. Sometime for the sake of people in your house. How many know I'm right about it? You have to be in a place where you can war in prayer against what's causing them to turn back. But two drowning people can't save one another. And so it's necessary for many of us to remain strong. Why is pastor teaching like this? Because you and I live in a day and time where many in the church are folding. Fake, weak pastors folding. Even when you look at the overall church and how people want to get folk back into church and back worshiping God, some of the stuff I hear is just complete nonsense. You hear preachers advertising, folk come to church, we're going to get you in and we're going to get you out. We, we ain't going to be long. We're going to be real quick. What? You don't come to God's house and rush what God want to do. You don't come up here and put a timetable on me ministering the word of God. I want God to speak until he's done speaking. And then be having the nerve to come out, feed me from on high. Sometimes it takes longer than 10 minutes to feed. Y'all know I'm right about it. But the Bible says in the last days, there will be a great, listen, falling away. That's folding. You're seeing it in the church, saints. It should awake us to righteousness. To have a greater desire to live right. The Bible said when these days come, look up. For your redemption draweth near. Don't you fold. Don't you fall away. 
recognized that this was foretold. The Bible talked about it. Now, we can't pray against a falling away. What would I look like? Lord, don't let them fall away. Lord, don't let it be a great fall away. But he said it would be. Do y'all really get this? He said it would be. And in the last day, God's word is going to come stronger and stronger dealing with his backslidden children. It's going to get strong, y'all. Are y'all with me? Psalm 73. Now, some of you say, well, Pastor, you've been strong. <laughs> Psalm 73. But it, but, but, but it has to be. Now, notice it because I said when people start folding, it's because they have the wrong focus. Let's notice Psalm 73, and let's pick it up at verse number 1. Truly, God is good to Israel, such as are pure in heart. Now, I love this psalmist. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. I hear pages turning. Psalm 73. Don't stop turning if you ain't there. Turn. Okay. Psalm 73, 2. He said, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. What is he basically saying? I almost folded. Right? That's basically what he's saying. Right? But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. He ain't talking about nobody else. I definitely not love the psalmist. Because there are folk that can tell you about everybody stumbling but them. How about, do you see yourself stumbling? Have your feet almost ever, ever slipped? You know about everybody in the church. You know what everybody battling. You know what everybody. But see, he, 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 he made this personal. He ain't talking about his sister or brother. He said, my feet. My feet almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. Well, we better find out what's going on with this man. We better find out where his focus is at. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Is that the wrong focus? He almost folded. When he looked at how wicked people were prospering. Oh, there's some of y'all in the house and you didn't even clap. You know that has been you. About to backslide because an old friend got a new car and, and your car still. Ain't nothing like praying for God to do something for you and he seemingly is not doing it. But it's like the ungodly just living it up. They just live. You go around your kinfolk and they, oh girl, we just got a house. And you sitting there saved and praying for it. Got a house. You need to come see it. And in your mind, you like, the way she living. She ain't doing nothing but rent. Uh -huh. <laughs> Section 8. Uh -huh. She getting help. And then when you visit, she said, girl, we actually buying this. 
you homeowner before you have what I don't have. Oh girl, it's fully furnished. And I pick up my Lexus tomorrow. They had to detail it. You get mad and leave. But trying to leave and your car won't crank. You got to go back in there. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't want to go back in there. You didn't want to see that love seat again. That real love. Can somebody jump us off? Now, Mr. Gam, I told y'all tell stories over and over. Y'all remember I told y'all me and Donna went to look for a car? Bragging on God. Whole time they're bragging on what he about to do. I was bragging to her like, girl, you finna see God move. You finna see what these seeds so wanna do. We get in the car today. Got to the car like when nobody even come out there. They wouldn't even come and see about us. I got mad. I told Don, I said, let's go. I said, they missed they bless. Got in the car and they wouldn't crank. I was out there sweating in that sun trying to get that car crunk. And she was looking at me like, this the day, huh? Finally, the people come out there. They said, we don't know what's going on out here, but y'all got to get this off the lot. Because we closed. And I'm, I'm like, Lord, did this. My mind was like, Lord, this ain't. And, and I'm just seeing folk just riding by in cars and all that. And, and I'm, y'all ain't never did that. And I'm looking at that, that whole lot. And I'm like, we can't get nothing. And another time we went, we, we started high. We started with the ES. They came and they said no with the ES. I said, we'll take the LS. No with the LS. I said, we don't need it. I said, we don't need all of it. We'll just take it. Just, just, if you got the basic, we'll take the basic. No to the basics. I said, man, they said, look, we don't have nothing here. <laughs> That's it. But I knew people at that time who was driving nice cars. Y'all better listen to me. Wrong focus. But notice it again. Notice it again. But as for me, see, it, it bothered him. My feet had almost stumped. My steps had nearly slipped. Notice his wording carefully. For I was envious. He was envious of wicked people. He was envious of the boastful. Notice this carefully. When I saw, this is not just visual only, but the text implies to make him stumble, to make him almost slip, almost stumble. That's where his focus was. He didn't just see it and just say, oh, okay. No, he, 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 he kept, look, he couldn't stop thinking about it. Woo! When you got the wrong focus, that wrong thing 
that wrong person that's on your mind. You can't get him off your mind. You pray, but they still in your mind. And it's messing with you in a way that you know is not good. Are y'all with me? Now, sometimes we don't focus on wickedness. Sometimes we have the wrong focus in reference to trouble. We're going through trials and we're not looking at it the way God wants us to look at it. See, see, see you can get the wrong focus about your trouble. And, and you can be to the point where you're going through a whole lot, watch this, and you don't see God in none of it. That's the wrong focus. I don't care how rough a situation may be. If you listen, truly child of God, you have to see God in it. You have to see him in it. I said you have to see him in it. Like Deacon Cochran said earlier, it could be worse. That's how I see God in it. I see God in this. I done told you about the glass. Y'all thought I planned. I see God in it because I recognize this could be worse. This happened to me, but it could have been worse. How many, how many know that's real? Sometimes we have the wrong focus when it comes to mistreatment. You're being mistreated by people. And the only thing you can think about is what they're doing and what they're saying. Instead of looking at, God is going to take the evil and bring good. Come on, somebody. See, instead of that being your focus, you could have a focus like Joseph, where Joseph told his brother what you meant for evil. God meant it for good. But see, when folks start mistreating you, and you start getting the wrong focus, listen to me. Okay, I'll save you. You are, and how long you've been saved. You get the wrong focus in reference to mistreatment, and you start to want to retaliate. Now, come on, somebody now. I know y'all still say, but you start saying you start saying stuff like, one more lie. If they say one more thing, I'm going to start telling some stuff I know. Now, God, I'm trying to hold it in. You know, you're not seeing people. You say, if she say one more thing to me, I done let her get by with this, this, and this. But she taking me for granted. Plus, I ain't been saved that long either way. <laughs> Come on. Sometimes you got to let certain folk think like that. Well, what you will do if I just do? Look, y'all, you, you may not want to do that now. Because I, I ain't been in the church that long. <laughs> and I may beat you down and then repent. You see, you, some of us acting like when folk mistreat us, we just be like, no. Sometimes you can get the wrong focus about mistreatment. Especially when, I got to move on after this, when you cannot figure out 
What did I do to them that was so bad? And then when you can't get them answers to that, why? You just start thinking of stuff on your own. Maybe she heard I was talking about her. Maybe she don't like this, that, and the other. What did I do? And you lay down with this. You wake up with this. And if you're not careful, people mistreating you can cause you to mistreat God. Because after all, you start looking at him like he is not right for letting them do what they're doing. While you're not stopping them, God. But see, the wrong focus can cause you to fold. Notice this in the, in the same chapter. This is how good this gets. In Psalm 73, and just drop down to first, verse 16. Notice, notice, Psalm 73, 16. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. And how many know there are some things that without the help of God, we won't understand it? Come on. There are some things that happen to you that without God's understanding, it will throw you off. I said it'll throw you off. You'll spend years trying to figure out things that you just don't have the mental capacity to know the answers to certain things. Notice what he said. He, he, you know he thought about it. Look, look what he said. He said it was too painful. Woo, anybody ever just kept thinking about something that was throwing you off and, and, it, and it was painful when you thought about it because you didn't have the answers. Am I right? Back in verse 16, when I thought how to understand this, I kept thinking, how are these wicked people prospering like this? Why would God allow them to prosper like this? It was too painful for me. Verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Look at that. Tell your neighbor, your answers are often in the house of God. Woo! How many ever came to church and you got your answer? Prayed all week, came to the house of God and got understanding about what you was going through. Somebody just got understanding a few minutes ago in reference to being mistreated. Now you're going to start praying mercy that that person gets saved, that they see the error of their ways. I'll break it down. Now you ain't going to get to fight. Now you ain't going to cuss nobody out. That's what understanding did for you. He said he, it was too painful until he went into the sanctuary of God. That's what we don't understand people who don't like to come to church. There are certain answers that God embeds in the pastor. Listen, that he won't give to you, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you read. Well, oh, I read the Bible for myself. Yeah, but God has made the pastor necessary. How shall they hear without a preacher? 
I don't need a preacher. You ain't God's child then. Minister Shemar taught Wednesday about Moses saying to God, Who shall I say sitting in me? See, God was sitting in Moses. He's always had somebody to lead his people. Always, from the beginning of time, he set a man in order. Stay in slavery or follow Moses. Come on, that's a good word. That's what Paul told the church, 2 Corinthians 11 and 1. Follow me as I follow Christ. God don't want you to follow a jackleg preacher. And some of you do that. But he wants you to follow a true man of God. Am I right? Because again, that makes God's pastor necessary. You know pastor is not God. But watch this, he is from God. He is of God. He pertains, come on somebody, to God. He is God's man. See, when I stand right here decreeing the word, it's God's man. It's not your nephew. It's not your uncle. Come on, not your brother. Even my mama got a baby and said, hey, that's my son, but that's God's man. God teaching through him. Am I right? And see, he didn't understand the church until he went in the sanctuary. Notice, notice what he said. Then I knew their end. Oh, they prosper, but they're going to be soon cut down. They prosper, but in death, it's over. See, we not only prosper here, but in death, it gets even better. I said, it gets you. See, I want to prosper down here as much as God wants me to prosper. Do y'all hear me? I want everything he has for me down here. But I'm never going to fall in love with things down here. Come on. Because they're made with man's hand. Come on. He said there's a place that he has created. Come on. Come on, church. That's where you don't get image of wicked people. Because even the Bible said that the wealth, I'm trying to help us, of the unjust is laid up for the just. God will take from wicked people and give stuff to his people. Am I right about that? But this is what I want y'all to notice. He had the wrong focus until he got understanding. Until he got divine understanding. There are certain things God wants you to know you can't Google it. You can't look on the internet to get the answer. Come on somebody. You can't go to school and get certain answers. You can't read the paper and get certain answers. You can't look at the news and get certain answers. You can't look at certain politicians and get certain answers. Something God gives to the man of God. He shows him the writing on the wall. See you can see the writing but you can't read it. You can't read it. Right? But then God anoints my eyes and I read it. And he said, tell this to my people. Let my people know this. Tell my people don't fold. Tell my sister, hold on. Tell my daughter that I'm going to do it. Remind my son that I'm with him. 
And that's what I come out here and do. I release that understanding. Y'all with me? Notice Proverbs 2. Notice Proverbs 2. That's the power of divine understanding. Look at Proverbs 2. That's the power of divine understanding. Proverbs 2. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. Proverbs 2. See, he, he, he said it was too painful for me to understand until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood. See, he got divine understanding. Notice something about divine understanding. Proverbs 2 and verse 11. Notice what the Bible said. Proverbs 2 and 11. Discretion will preserve you. Watch this. This is what I want us to see. Understanding will keep you. I say understanding will keep you. Keep me what, Pastor? It'll keep you on the right path. You'll know not to get off the path or not to do certain things because of your understanding. People will try to pull you off the right path. But when you have divine understanding, it keeps you. That's, that's God's voice in you telling you, don't go that way. Woo! Somebody smiling all in your face, talking about they love you, but then that divine understanding kicks in and God say, don't trust her. You can't trust her. And you don't have to say a word, but just slowly start withdrawing from the person. They don't even notice that you withdraw it. But God gave you divine understanding. You can't trust her. She ain't for you. She ain't happy about what's happening to you on this job. Come on. See, it'll keep you. Do y'all see it? Because I got to move on. It'll keep you. Some of us, the only reason we ain't strayed off that narrow path is that divine understanding that he continues to pull in us, and that's what's keeping us. That's what's keeping me. You ain't keeping yourself. Come on. If you being kept is by the power of God. Am I right? All right. Notice Psalm 119. I heard them old folk voice in me then from way back in the day. I'm being kept by the power of God. Yeah. But God's understanding, he gives you understanding to keep you. Sometimes you'll come to church and God be talking about something that hasn't happened, but he's forewarning you. That when it does break loose, then God will whisper to you. He don't always shout. He'll whisper to you and say, this is what I was talking about last week. This is what I was warning you of. Come on, somebody. And then that's what that's what keeps you from, from going out of bounds. Woo. I'm telling y'all, it, it keeps me. Psalm, Psalm 119, 144. Y'all got it? Psalm 119, 144. The righteousness of your testimonies is everlasting. But this is what I want you to see. Psalm 119, 144. Give me understanding and I shall what? Give me understanding and I shall what? That ain't talking about existing. When you get divine understanding, you're going to live. Listen, you're going to live as God has ordained for you to live. Come on. You're going to live within his will. Woo! That means what he ordained for you to be, you're going to be. What he ordained for you to have, you're going to have. What he ordained for you to do, you're going to do. Now, if you ain't doing, if you ain't having, if you ain't being, you ain't living. You're in the church existing. 
Come on. If you ain't walking in your divine purpose, you ain't living. I don't care what you have in the bank. If you ain't doing what God created you to do, you ain't living. You ain't living. Come on. I said you ain't living. I don't care what you drive. You're not living. Until you can live on them three levels. Be who he has ordained for you to be. Do what he has ordained for you to do. Have what he has ordained. You have, oh, sister, you living now. You living now. Am I right about it? But notice what it takes to live. Divine understanding. Why does it take divine understanding, Pastor? Because there are things we'll see that from a natural standpoint, you might tell yourself you can't afford it. But when divine understanding comes, God will say to you, look, it's not about what you can do, but it's about what I have for you. Then when you get out the way, when you get out the way, when you get out, get, I'm talking to you, you and you, get out the way. This is what he wants you to have. We'll read the Bible, shout all day about the promised land. He had that for Israel when other people were occupying it. Other people were living there, and he told uh, Moses and them, hey, I done gave y'all that land. Well, God, did you talk to them people? I ain't got to talk to them. God, why you ain't got to talk to them so they'll move out? Because the earth is the Lord's and the foot. God owned that company. God owned that building. Come on, somebody. The earth is the Lord. How can man own anything and when he dies, he can't take it with him? God is the true owner of everything. Get that divine understanding. You'll walk with confidence. Listen, not arrogance. You'll be single, sister. And you got to walk to you. That says you don't need a ring on it. Hold on. Until it's time for a ring to be put on it. But you ain't desperate. You ain't silly. You ain't throwing yourself at men. And, and, and what you got, a lot of men is seeing it. They're attracted to it. See, some of you single sisters got to stop getting mad because it's God rebuking some of these fools from asking you out. He letting this fool know, no. And you at home crying, don't nobody know this. God rebuking that fool. God telling that snagger to fool, don't you try. She way above your grade. Yeah, ain't none of them TV and you just, he cute. I got to close. <laughs> Woo. See, married folks should have been smiling because you can tell single folk get the right one. Get the right one. I'll pay for it later. <laughs> can, can I be honest? I got to move on. Because even with the right one, it's going to be. <laughs> Some folks look at them like, Pat, I got the right one. It's still it. It's not Pat, I got to pray. <laughs> I know I got the right one, but it ain't no, it ain't no, man. Young people. Come on, young people. Y'all will not live the way God ordained for you to live in the high schools, 
junior highs on the college campuses without grabbing a hold to divine understanding. It's too much going on now. Parents, don't be ignorant. These children, it's a lot going on now. Come on. When, when we look back at, at our high school, that, that's junior high now. Come on. And now high school is college. Y'all know I'm right about it. And so if they're going to live on the college, especially separated from you, mama, daddy, that girl got to have understanding in her. She, she, she got to retain everything you done taught her when you are nowhere around. Come on. Y'all know that's right now. Because parents, you can't hold their hands. It, it, it get to a certain point. You walking them to school holding their hand don't look right. That's all right in the first grade. You holding her hand to the sixth grade, that, that ain't looking good. Ain't no man getting next to my daughter. Well, you got next to somebody, daughter. It ain't the same when you have kids. <laughs> Let's go back to Luke 18. I used to tell my girl that all the time. He'll play. He don't want that. Daddy, how you know? I used to be, I'm trying to tell you I was messed up. You know? <laughs> he don't want you. Come on. Many of us, when we grew up, we only wanted one thing from women, especially them chase women. Ooh, them church girls. Ooh. Look at that beautiful skin. And then you have our women. They be, they be our young girls. Let me, let me tell you something. I got more. Somebody need to hit it. When you have been touched, when folk try to pick at you for that, you, you the precious one. You are the jewel in the hole. And a boy talk about you. He'll downgrade you to get you to come out of that place. But he know it ain't. Not, I'm trying not to go. To, it ain't nothing like a man find it out. You ain't been touched. Back in the day, we dreamed about them kind of. You, 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 we used to stutter when we talked to you. You, you, you ain't never. I ain't never did. I ain't never did that. Oh my God, Lord! Shouldn't have said God, but everybody we were like, oh, boy, you'll walk a straight and narrow six months to trying to show her you. You be sitting up in Sunday school. <laughs> Come on. Is right. And if our young people don't retain that understanding, they're going to fall to things. They're going to fall to things. And parents, even if they're young adults in your house, you're going to know when your child is not holding on to divine understanding. Because right before your eyes, somebody shout, right before your eyes, they're going to change. They're going to start doing things. Boy, how was straight yesterday. Now you come on. He done put a curl in his hair. He done put a kid in his head. Got so much cologne on, he's about to knock you out. You, what, 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 what wrong with this boy? He changed. 
You're changing. Old folks, you say you're smelling. You're smelling yourself. And how, how many of you smell my we we smelling ourselves? And get, don't, don't, let, don't let no boy get two hairs on his chest or on his chin. I, I like to make it real. Y'all don't remember when hair started growing in other places besides your head? You really thought you was. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go. Luke 18. I got to close. I got to close. Luke 18. <laughs> it, it, it'll make you smell. It'll make you. Luke 18. Yeah, I got to go. Luke 18. One. Then he spoke this power. Men ought to always pray and not lose heart. See, this woman in the text. Her mindset again was, I ain't going to fold. I want to show you a few things and then we're done. Number one, again, her mindset, I, I ain't going to fold. Avenge me. This, this is what she said to the unjust judge. Avenge me. Y'all listen carefully and then we're done. Avenge me. Number one, that means make things right. That's what she wants the unjust, the unjust judge to do. Make things right. Number two, set things in order. You got to remember Jesus talking about prayer. Never lose that. He's talking about how we should always pray and not lose heart or not fold. So avenge me. Make things right. Set things in order. Now notice about this judge, he didn't fear God. He did not do what he did, listen, because it was right to do. You got to understand the parable. The judge did it in the end, but the Bible said he didn't fear God. So he didn't do what he did because it was right to do. Number two, it revealed about him he didn't regard man. Remember, he didn't, he didn't do what he did because he cared about people. And how many know you have people in powerful positions to help people, but they don't care about people? They could pass laws to help people, but they don't care about people. Come on. There are people in high positions. A stroke of a pen can change people's lives in poor communities. But they don't care about people. So it don't matter to them. Right? That's most of our politicians, whether you're Republic or Democrat. Most of them don't care about people. I know I'm right. But God. Listen, he's separate from the unjust judge. This is where the comparison comes in. God is not the unjust judge. He's the faithful judge. He's the just judge. Remember how the man wouldn't do it? Just because it was right? When it comes to God, he always does what's right. See, when you pray, you need boldness because when you talk to God, you know about Him. He always does what's right. He always does. And, and remember what, remember what the evangelist is? Make it right. Make it right. Set things in order, God. Sometimes we're praying and a root meaning for prayer is just ask. Sometimes we're asking God, make this right. Make this right. Set this in order, God. Show me how to set this in order. God, show me how to make this right. Come on, somebody. And see, God, number two, the unjust judge didn't care about people, but God loved us. God loved us. That's the reason she was able to come with that mindset. I ain't going to fold. 
And she went before the unjust judge with boldness, with tenacity, with grit, saying to him again with an attitude, I ain't going to fold because you got the power to do what I want. And then Jesus says, watch it, and then we're done. Then Jesus said in verse 6, then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect? Who cry day and night to him, though he bears long with them. Listen, God is going to do it not because we worry him. See, that ain't the comparison. God going to do it because he cares. God going to do it because he always does what's right. Never pray saying, if I get on God's nerve, if I worry him, then he'll do it for me. No, it's the opposite. That's the comparison. That God is not an unjust judge. And somebody's in here, you got to get back to praying, crying out to God, make this right. Set this in order. See, some of your homes are out of order. It's through your prayer that you're going to say, God, empower us to set this in order. Finances are out of order. You got to pray so God will give you understanding of how to set. In these in order. Final scripture and then we done. And when you have that, notice who Hebrew for, and then I'm done. I know a long message. Thank y'all for patience. Thank you for patience. Now remember Jesus said men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Which means if we don't pray, we're going to fold. But you can't pray just to say, well, I prayed. No, no, no. That prayer has to be effective and fervent. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avail it what? Much. You can pray, but if you ain't sincere, you're going to fold. You're going to fold and be able to tell folks, but I pray every day. Yeah, but you ain't coming to him right. Remember, I'm closing. Remember that woman, I ain't going to fold. She went before that judge with boldness. Let me show you how we should come before God, and then I'm judged. Then I'm done. Hebrews 4 and 16. Some of you know where I'm going. Hebrews 4 and 16. Is that, is that it, Brother Daniel? Is that it? Is that it, Deacon Johnson? Is that it, Minister Wright? Let us. Therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of what? Tell your neighbor, I ain't going to fold. But tell him I'm coming before his throne with boldness, with confidence, knowing that he hear me. And tell somebody, I'm praying. And I know that God is going to make some things right. Tell your neighbor, I'm praying and knowing that God is going to set some things in order. Listen, finally what happened is that the judge made it right. He avenged her. He set things in order. Listen. She left there happy. Don't you know God wants you happy? But sometimes in our life, the reason things are not made right, the reason they're not set in order, is because we're folding. And we're folding because we're not praying. Get back to praying, child of God. Amen? Look at somebody and tell them, I ain't going to fold. And let's stand and give them a tremendous hand of praise. I ain't going to fold. Come on, let's give him a tremendous hand of praise.
before his word. Hallelujah. Matthew 7 and 7. Everyone rest it to your feet that can. Matthew 7 and 7. Jesus himself said, ask and it shall be what? Given. Seek and you'll what? Knock, listen, and it, not a door. Don't ever put a door there. And it shall be opened. Don't put a door there. Why? Because God is able to open more than a door. If he didn't put a door there, why are you going to put a door there? And limit what he's able to do. God will open the door. He'll open the safe. <laughs> He'll open the position. He, there's a lot of stuff he can open. Am I right? But listen to me because I got to talk to this right and, and we close. The message is over. But I'm telling you, some of you, you're not praying the way you need to be praying. Now, now, now this is what I'm saying now. I mean, you got to get in prayer and be serious about things going on in your life. How, how many believe this woman was serious about what was going on in her life? She took that serious. How can some of us be in the trouble we in, the situation we in, but yet we're not taking prayer seriously? You're skipping prayer and wondering why you're folded. You're not praying the way you need to. And I'm telling you what's going to happen when somebody take heed to the word and recognize that God gave you understanding and you get to praying like you need to pray. Either God going to directly do it or he's going to empower you with wisdom of how. Listen to me. Don't miss this again. I feel the Holy Ghost to show us how to make things right. See, it's beyond your understanding of how to make some things right, but not God. He's going to show you. How to make some things right. He's going to show you through your prayer how to set some things in order. There's some folks in here, your life has gotten out of order. God want to come in as you pray, as you acknowledge him. And, and, and it's so wonderful to look at people, and, and I'm one, but I'm not the only one, who, who live in a life that's orderly. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by who? God. It ain't nothing like looking at somebody and you can just tell. That their life is divinely ordered by God. But what God don't want to have happen in the church, if a pope to look at the pastor and say, well, only his life can be ordered like that. No, God wants everybody's life to be ordered like that. And when your life gets out of order, it's often through prayer that God reveals again how you can set things in order. And he'll help you. Amen. I want to pray for the congregation. Lift your hands throughout the sanctuary. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for giving us knowledge, understanding, in reference to the power of prayer. Thank you for the wonderful example of this precious woman who refused to fold. God, we are likewise. Thank you for your word. Thank you for an empowerment that has already taken place. Thank you for understanding that has already been embedded into your people. And even, Lord, at the close of this message, I thank you that you are now touching people. And you are going to, Lord, as they acknowledge you, as they pray. You're going to directly or indirectly make some things right in their lives. And, Lord, you are going to help them directly, indirectly to set things in order. Thank you for your word. Thank you for empowering we, your people. We love you and concerning your word, we receive today saying that it's so. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. 
Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.